Hey everyone, Michelle Seidling here with another episode of Food Experience Unplugged. Today, we are setting you up for success by building your relationship with food. Here to help us do that is author, public speaker, and lifestyle coach, Michelle Zellner. This podcast is available on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to be informed as new episodes become available. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. As always, check out our website at foodexperienceunplugged.com for some resources as you begin your health journey. Michelle Zellner, welcome to Food Experience Unplugged. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's good to be here with you today. (laughs) Good to be here with you as the, the guru of university and really focusing on building your relationship with food. So I'm excited about that today. Thank you. I'm excited to tell you my story and hopefully give a lot of valuable information to your listeners as well. Great. But before we get started, will you introduce yourself and what brought you to this point in your life and your career? Why the, the, the you? I notice you've got a you behind you, a little word cloud. Tell us about that as well and, and what's behind all of that. Yes. Well, I started, actually, my business, Better Beings, turns 25 years old uh, in just a few months, 2022, it will be 25 years old, yeah, it's a little wild to think about that. It started out, basically, I was a personal trainer, and that was way back before personal training was a thing, so it was kind of like edgy, you know, for me to (laughs) step out and do this thing all by myself, Um, especially being a small town Midwest girl where, you know, you usually just kind of get a job and and plug along. So it was a little uh, of a different approach for some people in my life. And, you know, they were like, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. So 25 years later, um, it has certainly evolved a lot. And uh, as wellness evolved and as I evolved as a human, um, I really just tried to develop content that is interesting and informational. And hopefully by sharing my story, it's a little bit inspirational. And it really does... uh, definitely focus around my journey with food, but it also addresses every layer of physical, mental, and emotional well-being because they all matter. And as I've gone through my own, you know, kind of journey through life and trying to be a healthier, happier human, I have struggled and I figured out what my obstacles are and working with lots of people by this point in my career, um, help people with their own versions of their obstacles. And ultimately we just try to find solutions to, live our healthiest, happiest lives while also living in modern society. And that can be uh, maybe a bit of a challenge for some of us. Absolutely. And do you have your own personal journey? You mentioned Better Beings is 25. So happy (laughs) pre-birthday there. But as far as you, what was really the impetus behind, you, you mentioned your personal trainer, but as far as like really reaching out beyond that? Yeah. Um, so I was a gymnast growing up and I loved it for lots of different things. I learned so many life skills by being a gymnast, um, but I did develop a bit of an unhealthy relationship with food um, during that time. And once I decided to quit gymnastics, I sort of went on like a, I can do whatever I want tour. <laughs> and basically that meant I could eat whatever I want, whenever I wanted, as much as I wanted. And I didn't care except that I did care, right? Because you do that and it leads to some outcomes that aren't that appealing or pleasant or fun or enjoyable. And so I, at some point decided I had to really figure myself out because I 
I was wise enough to know that the trajectory of my life was not headed in a good way. And if it was going to change, it was going to be because I changed. And I think uh, back in the day, I grew up in the in the era where we were taught that fat is the devil. If you eat fat, you'll get fat, you'll have a heart attack, and then you'll die. So of course, I was already fat by this time. Um, I gained over 50 pounds in about a year and a half. And I certainly didn't want to get any fatter. So of course, I'm going to not eat any fat, right? Except that that's 100% completely wrong. And so here I am doing things that I thought were the right way and still not having any success. So of course, that starts to really uh, weigh on you emotionally and psychologically. And it's just a big snowball from there. So um, I'd always been passionate about exercise and nutrition. They've always been interesting topics to me. And as I learned a little more and kind of learned about my own struggles and why I did what I did and why it wasn't working and retaught myself a whole bunch of things about nutrition, I felt like I needed to share that with people because so many people struggle with it. and. Not that my experiences are the same as somebody else's experiences, but I do find they're often very, very similar. And even if I haven't personally experienced it, I've probably by this point in my life worked with somebody who has. And I just find that when I can relate a story or, you know, share a tip that really helped me, that I want to share that so that other people's journeys can maybe be a little easier or a little shorter than mine was. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you find yourself often sharing your personal story or some aspect of it with clients? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is what makes a coach relatable, I think. I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of corporate wellness trainings. And um, it was probably, it's been a while now. I mean, I, I wrote the book, The You Revolution, The Journey of a Better Being. So that's my story. <laughs> it's out there. But um, it took me a while to really share the, the yucky parts, the messy parts. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? Especially the girl who's in the industry, right? We're supposed to be, oh, we got this all buttoned up. We have it all figured out. We don't have any struggles or challenges. We just come out looking the way we do and everything's easy. Well, that's not the case in almost any person I know. And so the very first time that I really told the story of how after I put a note on my coach's car telling her I was not ever coming to practice again. And then I hit up every Dairy Queen in town, and we had three of them, on my way home, uh, was in front of a group that I was teaching the U Revolution for. And, and when I shared that story, it wasn't, I didn't plan on doing that. It just happened to be a conversation. We were talking about um, emotional eating and stress eating and all the reasons we eat that have nothing to do with actual physical nourishment. And I just kind of blurted out that story. And the whole class was just like, like jaws drop, like, what? You did what? And I'm like, oh yeah, actually, yeah. And I did that a lot. And then I kept doing it for a long time. And then I figured some things out. And I think that was the very first time I actually ever actually did tell people that, yeah, this is really hard for me. I have an issue with food and it's hard. <laughs> but there's also ways you can adjust your relationship with food. And it's going to be hard, but it's absolutely doable. And it's maybe not as hard as we think it is. Um, we just have to know some foundational information because that was part of my problem, right? When I tried to make better choices, I actually was just setting myself up to fail because even though I was eating healthy food, it was all some version of a carbohydrate, which mm -hmm. meant it was really some version of sugar, which of course meant that I was going to want sugar within like 60 minutes of eating it. And yet I look at that as like, oh, I have no willpower. Why can't I say no to this? And then when I really started to learn and understand nutrition and the human body, 
it wasn't about willpower. It was that physiologically I had set myself up for needing Mm -hmm. sugar. So there are lots of layers to, I think, address and maybe correct when it comes to establishing a healthy eating pattern. And some of it is emotional and certainly we need to address that. But without addressing the foundational elements of how a human specimen wants to be fueled, the emotional part is going to be really, really, really difficult. So I, I think for almost everybody I've ever worked with, it, it requires an adjustment on both sides. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you mentioned a foundation for as forming your relationship with food. Will you tell us more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, we think about like our emotional connection to food and the reasons that we eat, right? We might eat because we're hungry. We might eat because we're stressed, maybe because Uh, I'm bored or because I deserve it or, well, this is just my culture. I mean, these are reasons I hear all the time. And there's certainly reasons for me too, right? Oh, I work so hard. I deserve, you know, fill in the blank. And yet ultimately, if I eat anytime I like it, I deserve it. It's my culture. That's probably going to result in outcomes that I don't like. Mm -hmm. So we want to first tap into the foundation of why we're eating what we're eating. But then also I have to look at, well, how do I nourish my human body the way it should be nourished? And that means keeping your blood sugar steady. And steady blood sugar is the key to your life. It's the key to your health and happiness. It's the key to um, preventing the spikes, excuse me, the spikes and crashes in blood sugar that lead you to eating sugar later. And then you feel like a loser because you have no willpower, except it's not about that. It's that you didn't nourish your body properly. And so you need sugar. So the foundational piece of it, and this is, this is one of, I I wrote another little book. It's a little nutrition book. PFF is your BFF. Protein fat fiber is your best friend forever. That is how a human specimen wants to be fueled with protein, fat, and fiber every time, because those are the things that take a long time for the body to break down, which means it's going to provide a nice, slow release of fuel. And then you have to PFF every two to four hours consistently throughout your day so that you continue to fuel your body and your brain while you're up and functioning and need your fuel. And I find so many people hardly eat anything all day long. Mm. Sometimes they do it because they think they're being good. Sometimes it's just because I'm busy and I didn't have time or I forgot. And then at the end of the day, they can't stop eating and they think, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I just, I have no willpower. And again, it really isn't about that. You didn't fuel your body properly. Of course you need to eat. So getting the foundational elements of how to fuel a busy body properly is critical for addressing, you know, the other reasons that we eat. Now, of course, we're still going to eat because I love it. I'm celebrating. It's my culture, right? There's still going to be those reasons. And that should be part of a healthy relationship with food. Um, You know, when I was kind of figuring myself out and trying to get myself right, It was all about, well, I can't eat that and I shouldn't eat this and I'm supposed to eat that, but I really want to eat that, but I can't and I'm going to try not to, but then I did and oh my gosh, well, I'm a loser. I might as well eat some more and then I'll figure it out on Monday. (laughs) And that's like (laughs) going and going and going. And when I stopped putting rules on food, now I have a, a few rules, but not like I can't eat this and I have to eat that. This is a good food and this is a bad food. Food is just food. And there are some foods that nourish me physically, keep my blood sugar steady, give me energy, help me reduce my risk for disease, make my pants fit the way I like them to fit. And then there are some foods that nourish me emotionally, that 
tie me to my culture, that help me celebrate, that just taste delicious and I like them. And I have to decide what is the appropriate balance of those choices to still have outcomes that I'm happy with. And so, you know, that's all part of the mindful choice and making that mindful choice and recognizing that it's not that I can't eat that. I'm just choosing to not eat that right now or this time or whatever. And maybe I'll have it tomorrow or, yeah, I'm going to have it next week when I'm on vacation or whatever. Right. Making some deliberate intentional choices. And that way, when I do eat something that is not nourishing me physically in any way, I don't feel bad about it. I enjoy it. I love it because to eat something that you love to only beat yourself up about later is is very counterproductive. So there's another little um, acronym that I put together. It's WAIT, W-A-I-T-E, Why Am I Tempted to Eat? And I think love that's it. just a really good way to give yourself a pause and to help you maybe also understand your own reasons for eating, right? Sometimes we don't even know. We just eat because we, we've always done it. Because it's a habit we've had forever. I don't even know where that habit came from. But when you unpack the layers, you can figure out where that habit habit came from. And then you can determine, okay, what's a strategy I can put in place to either remove the habit, put a new habit in its place, or accept that I will do this sometimes and it's totally fine because that's not the habit anymore. It's a, it's an occasion that I do that. Mm, okay. Now, do you find that... PFF and weight, both of those acronyms, are they different for different people or is it similar in, I guess, going forward as people try to try really build their relationship with food? Well, yeah, I am a very passionate believer that PFF is your BFF and everybody should eat that way because we're all human. Regardless of what else is going on, we're all human and a human wants to have steady blood sugar. The other reason we want protein, fat, and fiber together is because the fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K. If we don't eat food that has fat, when we're eating food that has those vitamins, we won't even absorb this healthier choice that we're making. So mm -hmm. I remember when I was going to be good back in the day and I would snack on carrots because carrots are good. They're a real food. Fantastic. Well, number one, they're a carbohydrate all by themselves. So they'll spike my blood sugar and then my blood sugar will crash. And then I'll eat the cookies that I've been trying not to eat. And then I'll feel like a loser and et cetera, et cetera. But also all that beta carotene that's in carrots, which is a version of vitamin A, because I'm not eating any fat with it, I'm not even getting the benefit of this better choice that I'm making. And so PFF is not just for steady blood sugar, but it's to help you absorb the nutrition that you're actually putting in your body. And also fat and fiber work on our hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin. So when we eat food that has fat, it triggers the release of leptin. And that is one of your hunger hormones. It's the one that tells you that you're satiated. Fat is also flavor. So it satisfies our taste buds. And when we eat fiber, as it travels through the digestive system, absorbs water, expands, ghrelin is the hormone that's produced in the lining of your stomach and it signals that you're hungry. Well, when your stomach expands, it shuts off the production of ghrelin. So it's a lot easier to maybe minimize what's going in when you don't have a hormone that is constantly telling you you're hungry. So PFF also really helps you regulate your hunger hormones as well as the blood sugar regulating hormones, as well as absorbing the nutrition you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. So I a hundred percent will go to my grave pitching PFF as your BFF. And I mean, people are very reluctant and hesitant. And they don't believe that this could matter. And then they do it and they're like, oh my God, that actually works. I wasn't hungry and I didn't eat the cookies in the afternoon or I didn't crave the chips. And it, I mean, I didn't trademark the phrase for no reason. I didn't write a book about it for no reason. It's because 
It is life changing. It really is. Mm -hmm. And then again, addressing the other reasons that we eat. So for some people, that will be very, very simple. For other people, that is going to be a very difficult, messy process to, to figure out. It just depends on your own unique experience with food and why you turn to food for certain reasons. And we got to get to the root of that, right? Otherwise, it, it, I can have all the acronyms I want. It's not going to mm. work. Yeah. Now, do you find it uh, that some people find it challenge the PFF part uh, challenging based on if they have certain eating preferences or if they have food allergies or other uh, physiological situations? Well, of course, anytime you have a, a limitation of any kind, it's going to be challenging, but it's not impossible. You just have to work harder. So the, you know, the, the way you start out is by, first of all, making the list of healthy foods that you like and that your body likes. So I might like nuts, but if I have a nut allergy, my body doesn't like nuts. So that doesn't go on my list, right? So this is a very individual plan. And this is, this is the primary reason I don't do meal plans for anybody at all, because I can tell you what to eat, but if you don't like it, your body doesn't like it, you don't have time to cook it philosophically, you don't agree with it, then the meal plan is completely pointless. Um, I want people to learn nutrition and learn what their bodies need, as well as what their bodies like, and to be able to have the confidence and the power to go anywhere, anytime and make the best choice you can make based on that information. So if you are a vegan, yeah, your protein sources are limited. They just are which means you're going to have to work really hard to find a super high quality protein powder uh, that meets all your needs, right? Has uh, all the, um, the nutrition and obviously is plant-based. And you're probably going to have to know how to supplement properly because anytime you eliminate an entire food group, what you're eliminating are the raw materials that those foods are providing for your body. And those are the resources your body uses to develop all the chemicals that your body operates on. And if I am maybe cutting out certain food groups, like maybe somebody's um, doing a keto diet, well, you better be really, really, really diligent about adding in probiotics and prebiotics into your life because you are missing out on fiber. And that fiber is food for your gut bacteria. And your gut bacteria is literally operating just like your brain. <laughs> so, you know, if we are going down the path of a um, dietary restriction in some way, I have to really understand what that means to the human specimen that I'm in charge of and then make sure I'm supplementing properly so my human specimen doesn't suffer to some degree. So making the list of healthy foods that you like that fit into your particular restrictions is step number one. And then you just have to learn what foods give me protein, what foods give me fat, what foods give me fiber. And then you come up with the PFF combos that work for your lifestyle, for your you know, particular needs that you're trying to fill. Um, that is sustainable for you. And, and it's, it's a process, right? None of this just happens overnight. Um, but once you start the process, it's not that hard. It really isn't. And that's, I think, what, what is so beautiful about it is it's very simple. I do think we often try to make healthy eating really complicated. And it can be if we want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. It can be very, very simple. Sure, absolutely. And do you find with, you know, deciding on foods, you know, going forward, and do you find that where does mindset come in? In, in other words, where do you find that people often haven't thought about all of this as much as they could have and should have? And then, you know, 
maybe think differently going forward? Well, I think mindset is everything. (laughs) Um, It's the hardest thing to change. And yet, unless and until you change it, nothing else will. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've developed our patterns and our relationship with food from a very young age, right? I mean, the, the things that we grew up with, the environment we grew up in, the things that we were told, the things that we experienced, Uh, Maybe the things that we internalized that somebody else who grew up in the exact same way that we did, didn't internalize it that way. So there is a lot that goes on with our food attitude and our mindset. And then it does require us to take a deep look at what do I actually know? Because we don't learn nutrition properly. And everything I learned way back, wrong. Almost all of it, (laughs) wrong, like literally. And then of course, um, you know, with advancements in modern society and our um, our attempt to feed everybody for a very economical price has led to the diminished quality of our food mm-hmm. and has led to the convenience. Of course, convenience is great, but convenience at what expense, right? There's mm-hmm. always an expense and maybe it's at the expense of the quality that I'm putting in my body. So mindset and your willingness to be open to maybe saying, wow, I thought I knew what I was doing. And it turns out I don't. And I've worked with people like that. They will tell me, well, I, I'm pretty good with nutrition. I know what I need to do. Okay. Well, let me just, let me just, let just tell me. And then I, yeah, you're eating a lot of healthy food, but it's carbohydrate, 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 a tiny bit of protein, but not really much carbohydrate, a little bit of fat, carbohydrate. (laughs) Now they're all healthy foods, right? That's the thing. So it's all real. I can go outside and find it in some way. And so we think that, well, this is healthy, except that what we never learned is the balance of the particular nutrients, the carbohydrates, the proteins, the fat that actually is going to impact how the body functions. So it's not just how much we're eating, but it's the balance of those things that we're eating. It's when we're eating it. It's what we're eating it with. And it is how much we're eating. And I'm telling you, Michelle, most people don't eat enough. Mm. They don't eat enough. And I know we think we overeat and certainly we might, and we do at times, but if we're doing that, we're in famine and feast mode. So when we're being good, we hardly eat anything. So your body literally thinks there must be a food shortage. Why else are you not eating? And Mm. that could turn into a famine and then I'm going to die. So I'm not going to die. I'm a human. I'm going to conserve energy, <laughs> kick into fight or flight, kick out cortisol, right? Slow down metabolism so that I survive the famine. Except mm-hmm. it's not a famine because now it's the weekend and I feast or it's the holidays and I feast or it's the end of the day and I feast and I put a whole bunch of food in my body and my body's like, oh, this is great. We survived the famine. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Except it knows the famine is coming back either on Monday or in January or, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> whatever, whatever we've taught our body. Mm. So I really think people need to go back to basics. And while we all want this quick, easy, just do this and magic will happen. It isn't like that. That's not reality. So each individual has to establish what is the appropriate intake for their needs based on their height, weight, age, gender, their goals, their daily activity. All of that is going to factor into what your needs are. And then based on that, I then have to distribute my nutritional intake so that roughly 40% of my intake is coming from some version of a high quality carbohydrate, preferably a plant, preferably a vegetable, but a little bit of other plants in there as well, but mostly vegetables. And then roughly 30% of my 
caloric intake is coming from a source of protein or multiple sources of protein, lots of different sources. And then about 30% of my caloric intake is coming from different sources of fat because all of those foods give me different raw materials that the body needs in order to function properly. So essentially they're trying to balance quantity and quality of food when we're talking about intake. I think that's a really great way to phrase it. Yeah. And I know that we get in all or nothing mode because I've been there and all or nothing mode, it just doesn't work. And it's a really hard mindset to break out of. It was, I would say it's probably the hardest mindset. And yet once you break out of it, life in general is so much easier, <laughs> not to mention eating, exercise, just everything is easier because all or nothing doesn't work. It doesn't get you where you want to go. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I think getting out of this idea that if I do A, B will happen and it will happen like immediately when mm-hmm. I want it to. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, well, then A must not work. Instead of saying, oh, well, maybe I need to keep on doing A and maybe it actually takes longer than I want it to or that I think it should. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think getting out of this, uh, this attachment to the result and obviously, Whenever we're changing behavior, we're doing it because we want a result. Otherwise, we wouldn't change the behavior. And yet, if I just focus on the behaviors necessary to achieve the result, and I do that as a lifestyle, I'll probably achieve the result. Mm, Okay. Do you have some examples of maybe clients you've worked with or other people you've trained who, as they go through this process of building that relationship with food? Yeah. I mean, I could, gosh, I could go on forever about that. Um, you know, some, like I said, it's, it's relatively easy because theirs are more maybe habits or I just didn't know, or I didn't, um, you know, have the strategy in place to set myself up for success. So that's a, that's a very easy one. And then there are some that are really, really hard, right? I have a a former client who I worked with years ago and he was very poor growing up and often was hungry and very hungry. And as he became an adult and, you know, was going through school, he became an attorney and he vowed to never, ever, ever feel hunger again, ever. Mm. And he did a good job and he did such a good job that he got himself up to 320 pounds. Whoa. Wow. That's how good of a job he did to never feel hungry again. Right? <laughs> Cause he just ate yeah. all the time. Um, now I don't think we should ever feel hungry either because I don't think hunger is a great cue, but mm there's a balance, right? So he had a really long, dark road to have to go down with this association with, I don't ever want to be hungry again. And how that is, he's filling a void, right? Because he's feeding himself to avoid Mm -hmm. feeling a way that he didn't like feeling when he was young. And that required a lot of hard work and a lot of internal reflection and, you know, kind of trusting the process. And, and, you know, eventually he gets there, but it's also now having to be very patient while the process plays out patient while you reestablish your body's metabolism, you reestablish what proper caloric intake looks like. You have really solid tools in place to avoid putting yourself in situations where the foods that you've been feeding yourself to fill your void are there and your brain wants them and your body wants them, but you know that that's not going to help you in the long run. So, you know, like I said, everybody's journey is very different, um, but certainly, you know, getting the foundation in place is critical. And then addressing some of those other issues is going to be obviously very necessary. And some are going to be easy and some are going to be hard. But I know that the hard work pays off because I, I've lived it myself and I've seen it over and over and over. And, um, 
you know, if anybody's listening who just feels like, ugh, I'll, I can't say no to cookies, right? This is, <laughs> I, I talk to people all the time. Well, I just, I have no willpower. I just can't do it. We first have to stop using that language, right? If you tell yourself you can't do it, you're right. You can't. That's true. So we have to first stop doing that. We have to talk differently about ourselves and about how uh, food does not have power over us. So you really enjoy cookies and it's hard for you to say no to them. That's probably more of an accurate statement because I can almost guarantee you if I offered you a million dollars to not eat cookies, you could probably not eat cookies, right? You just have to have a good incentive. So adjusting how we talk about ourselves and to ourselves around these um, certain habits that we have is important. And then it's diving into, okay, why? What are cookies to me? What do they mean, right? And it's not that you can't ever eat cookies again. Of course you can. But you have to decide, is it worth it? So again, why am I tempted to eat? Put a real word to it. I'm lonely. I love it. I deserve it. I'm stressed. Okay, well, why are you stressed? We need to get better stress management tools in place because the stress response itself puts you in a sugar cycle. It mimics in the body as if you've eaten a donut. Except you didn't eat a donut. You triggered into fight or flight because you got angry or irritated or frustrated or worried or had anxiety. And that chemical reaction has put you in a sugar cycle. And then the, the cycle crashes and then you want sugar. So I have to address my stressors and instill better stress management tools to not kick into fight or flight when there is no threat to my life. I'm bored. Okay, are you really bored? Or are there maybe 19 things you could do? You just don't want to do them. So maybe it's more of a procrastination thing and hey, food is fun and entertaining. So let me go see if I should find something to eat, right? Um, I deserve it. I work so hard. I deserve it. I used to have that one for sure. I deserve it because I've been deprived so long of my life. I deserve to eat what I want. <laughs> okay. I actually had to uh, reframe and, and kind of re-evaluate uh, the word deserve. Why do I deserve that? What does that even mean? It's funny, the things we deserve are actually some version of poison when it should be the other way around. You deserve to nourish your body with high quality, amazing food that I'd be willing to bet most of your listeners have access to that millions of people in the world wish they had access to, mm, right? This point. perspective of I have to eat my veggies. No, you get to eat your veggies. You get mm. to eat them. And then we just got to find ways that you enjoy them because you probably do. You maybe just haven't figured out how to prepare it yet. So that's where being open-minded and experimenting and embracing the process is all part of this journey. So it's a question of kind of redefining, like in, in the example of uh, one of your, uh, the lawyer person, you know, redefining hunger or redefining boredom or, or any other terms that, that they're going through. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to identify specifically what the emotion or the uh, you know, why this reaction is happening, because that can help you determine what to do about it. And, and so it's never to dismiss an experience that we had, right? But at some point, we get to the place in life where I am responsible for what goes in my body. I have choice. And every choice is either going to get me where I want to go, or it's not, it's going to do one or the other. And again, getting out of this all or nothing mindset, where there's no one choice that's going to make me amazing. And there's probably not one choice that's going to derail you completely and turn you into the worst person in the world. I mean, that's just not going to happen. It's the cumulative effect of all the choices I'm making over the course of time that are going to impact my outcome the most. So again, kind of letting go of this, I want this outcome. And if I don't get it when I think I should have it, then 
why bother? And instead, just understanding how to nourish yourself physically. And when you do that, and you do it consistently, and you learn about yourself, and you learn about proper nutrition, and what your body actually needs, and you have the ability to navigate modern life where there are things all the time everywhere being offered to us or in our face that are not helping us get to our goals, right? Having the confidence and the power to go into a situation where, you know, for me, I mean, there's going to be sweets everywhere and I want to eat them because I love them, but I'm choosing not to eat them today because I know if I start today, I'm going to eat them tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And now on this four day vacation I've been on, I've eaten garbage for four solid days. I feel horrible physically. I feel horrible about myself and I beat myself up. And now I'm going to enter this new week in a place that I don't feel good. And so I'm probably going to not work out and I'm going to go out to happy hour instead. And that cycle is going to continue until at some point I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> now I'm going to start over again. Right. And instead, we should have ways to enjoy the four-day weekend or whatever it is, have some strategies in place to have what you enjoy, but not derail and, and you know, set yourself up for um, maybe long-term other challenges. Or maybe I do. Maybe I go hog wild for four days and I get back on the plane and I'm like, hmm, okay, you know, it wasn't my best effort, but it is what it is. Today, I can make a different choice. Tomorrow, I can make a different choice. Maybe I'm going to reflect on, I went into that situation saying, I'm going to be really good. I'm going to not eat junk. Maybe that wasn't a realistic expectation. Maybe the next time I go around, I should have a different attitude. Like, yeah, you know what? On Friday, I'm going to eat my super healthy food. Saturday, maybe I'll have dessert with dinner. And Sunday, when we go to brunch, I'm going to have whatever I want as much as I want. And I'm going to love it. And maybe that's my intention. And then I do that and I feel pretty good because I executed my plan. Okay. So again, there are so many layers to all of this and everybody's in a little bit different place because for the person who doesn't have an emotional reaction or issue with food, this is a completely foreign concept to them. They'll say, well, just don't eat the cookies. Mm, oh, yeah. that's, that's really great advice. <laughs> that. It's not that easy for me. You don't have to understand it. That's fine. It's not your thing. You're lucky. I bet you mm. have something else that's hard for you. Maybe that's not hard for me. I don't know. But yeah. it's about, again, each individual kind of figuring it out for themselves. And it's a process. Sure. Now, for those just starting out, what is that process? What is that first step or things that they can do to really turn their, their mindset toward healthier relationships with food? Well, I think, you know, it depends what, what's starting out because we all even just start out in a different place. But I, I really do believe, and this is whether it's with food or anything, it's establishing your vision right? What is it that you want to be? A year from now, five years from now, when you're 70, what kind of life do you want to be living? Do you want to have energy or do you want to be maybe sitting on the sideline because you don't have the energy? You have to establish the vision of your life. What do you want? How do you want to be living your life? How do you want to look? How do you want to feel? Do you want to avoid disease? Do you want to be the first in your generation to not develop type 2 diabetes, right? Mm. Define yeah. what you want. That's your vision. And then you want to evaluate, what am I doing that's helping me get to this vision? And I'm going to keep doing that. And what am I doing that maybe isn't helping me get to that vision? And then when I have that list of things, then I need to tackle it one at a time. I'm not going to change everything all at once. That is not a lifestyle. That's not going to work. So we have to get out of, I'm going to go on a diet mode because girl, go on the diet. You're going to go off it. 
And while you may have some benefits while you're on it, they'll all go away when you go off it. So break up with dieting, get out of that idea. And I would even encourage people to just break up with the scale. Don't weigh yourself. It doesn't matter what it says. It's either going to be a good number and that's going to dictate your next move, or it's going to be a bad number and that's going to dictate your next move. And neither one of them most likely is going to lead to a long-term outcome you're looking for. So I don't know. I think maybe, um, you know, let's have other ways to evaluate how we're doing. Um, but yeah, establish the vision and, and then determine what are some steps that maybe I do need to take. Maybe for someone, it really is uh, just, I got to learn about nutrition. I've never heard PFF. I don't even know what foods give me protein. I don't know what fiber is. What does she mean by that? So you have to learn <laughs> that that's, that's part of it, right? You have to learn and understand. Um, so you might want to start there. Maybe you already know those basics. So go ahead and make your list of healthy foods that you like, and then start coming up with your PFF combos and see how that feels. And then put some, you know, uh, systems in place so that you set yourself up for success so that you take time to do what I call the four P's you plan, purchase, prep, and pack. So Mm -hmm. the planning is how many PFF combos do I specifically need to put in my body every day to keep my blood sugar steady until the time I go to bed. That's the planning purchasing. Obviously you got to go purchase the food, prep it. So set side a time aside on the front end to do all your prep work and then pack. And even if you're not leaving the house, I would still say pack it, which just means assemble Mm -hmm. your PFF combos, get them ready to go. So that when you're in the middle of your busy day and you're thinking and your blood sugar is dropping, you're not like, Oh gee, I don't know what to eat. Instead you go, Oh, it's time for PFF. Oh, my veggies and hummus. That looks great. Let me eat that. Mm -hmm. Move on. Sure. So yeah, um, there, there are multiple steps, but I say any one of those is probably a good place for anybody to start. Oh, absolutely. That is fantastic. I love just different options and really just honing in on your relationship and what you want out of it. Looking, you know, short-term, long-term, fantastic. Well, Michelle, how can people get in contact with you? Well, thank you, Michelle. Um, I would say bet my website is the best place. So betterbeings.net betterbeings.net. Uh, also, if you put my name into Amazon, both of my books will come up. So um, I narrated the audiobooks. If you want to hear it, you can do that. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just good resources to have as well. It's the U Revolution. Uh, that's the full kind of holistic approach to being a healthy human. It covers everything inside out, top to bottom. Um, and, and it's my own story threaded through as well. And then the PFF is your BFF handbook, which is your simple guide to fueling your busy body. So it's like the cheater's version of how to get started on healthy eating. Oh, fantastic. We will include all of those in the show notes. Michelle, it has been an absolute pleasure to, to re, get re-energized and redirected with your relationship with food. I love your work. I love what you're doing. And I hope some of this really resonates with people. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. 